This is the Post Sports Radio Podcast. we got 20 seconds left to celebrate before the official horn. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of excitement on the field for the bold gold antelopes and hopefully for you folks at home. Final score from Brownwood. Post bold gold antelopes 35, the Valley View Eagles 7. Post lives to play in the state championship game at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Home of the post bold gold antelopes and lady lopes. Ball's up and it's over. Ace! And it's deja vu all over again as the Lady Lopes are by district champions and have advanced to the area round of the UAL 2A playoffs as they win the third set 25 to 18 and they win the game 3 to 0. Bringing you the inside scoop on highlights, insights, and recaps. Courtney with the ball at the top of the key gets over to McDaniel who's going to take a long three and it's good. Great shot by McDaniel. The crew gives their takes on everything bold gold. That is Avery Clarkson doing the endo on Eaton. Now, from the studio. All right, pass in to Crow for the three, and it's good. Here's this week's episode brought to you by the Post Sports Radio crew. Hello and welcome to the Post Sports Radio podcast as the BSR crew brings you the second episode of our podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Brennan Riker, alongside the rest of the PSR crew. Well, we have one man missing. He's going to be telephoning in later, but I'm with Jim Plemmer. Yes. Who, of course, is the man of the Enterprise and is the voice of Antelope Football. Kind of. Yeah, well, I mean, you kind of run (laughs) this whole show. And, of course, uh, alongside us later will be Kurt Cowdery. He is Jim's right-hand man with the color commentary for the football broadcast. Uh, next, we have Carl Wyndham with us, who is the secondary color analyst of the crew, as well as the statistician. And last but certainly not least is Bart Staten, who will share the duties of football broadcast producer and analyst. Of course, you can listen to these podcasts on anchor.fm slash podcast, or download the Anchor app today on your phone and search the Post Sports Radio Podcast to find episodes. We will, of course, upload every Sunday evening. Our volleyball podcast should already be up on Anchor. And you can also find more PSR content on Facebook. Head there and give us a like for more content, including scores, dates, times, updates. And we have so much more on our Facebook page, including the releases of episodes for our podcast. So head there, give us a like, and we'll give you all the bold gold content you want. Before we get into it, Jim, you have some streaming information for our viewers and listeners. That's right. If you hadn't heard yet, football will be allowed to be streamed again on Friday nights, according to UIL. And that's another temporary ruling, which we hope turns into a permanent situation for high school sports. Um, but last year we had great success with the streaming, enough that we increased our scholarship giving from two students to five. So I really want to thank those who actually paid to watch, uh, watch the games last year. Uh, just this year we have more user-friendly, cheaper rates. I, I don't want to use the word cheaper, but it's less expensive. So take advantage of it. And as Bart Staden has told me time and time again, if you just watch the every football game, it's going to cost you more than the all-access pass, which means it's for all seasons, all school year. So starting like August 25th of this year through the 24th of August next year, you can watch all you want. You can watch on demand all you want. And, of course, listening is free for everything. That's only $79. Count it up. Otherwise, if you want to go to the game-by-game thing, it's $5.95 a game. So a lot of people do that, understand it. But if you add it all up together, if you watch all the football games and a couple volleyball this year, you've already paid for it. The uh, other package, the all-access package, will be by season. So it's going to be $50 a season. So for fall, that includes football and volleyball. For winter, it'll be basketball, boys and girls. And then for the spring, it'll be softball and baseball. So $50 per season or $79 for the whole everything or $5.95 a game. And, yes, the rates are cheaper, but we did – you will be getting better content. That's we, right. We upgraded a camera, and we're going to upgrade our program, so hopefully we get a little bit 
better quality stream. And we're also in. adding some video commercials just to enhance our broadcast. So for our viewers, not only are you going to get, you know, the audio of the commercials, but it's going to like look like actual video. Like we're actually on the television. We're on the tube. It's going to be nearly like that. And as Jim says, it's more bang for your buck. That's right. Take that $790 or $79 uh, package. It's all year, all access. So think about that for, hey, give it as a Christmas gift early. That's yeah, what I would like to go. say. There you go. Okay. Solved your Christmas shopping needs. <laughs> and again, you can just listen for free if you'd rather do that. We got a We're lot of people who do that. We're here for more than just sports. That's right. <laughs> Pure entertainment. Let's go over what happened in the year 2020, and we're going to let Kurt Cowdery do that for us. Kurt, what do you got? All right, guys, we've got the 2020 record here. We're going 15 and one for the undefeated district champions. That would make us state finalists, which we did make two. Week one, we were Toller versus uh, Post. We won 70 to 14. In week two, we had four sand win with a 39 to seven win. Week three, Littlefield, 58 to six. Week four, Abernathy, which was a good win, 26 to seven. Week five, Slayton had a win, 46 to seven over Slayton. Sundown, 40, 51 to six. Week eight, New Deal, 39 to zero, which again was kind of those upsets because everybody thought New Deal was going to come at us. Week nine, Florida, 69 to nothing. Week 10, Hell Center win, 81 to nothing. Uh, can't even shake my head at that one. And then Tahoka, we had a win by forfeit because we had a Corona fit or COVID forfeiture, which sucks. Not going to happen this year. I don't think anybody can get those this year. So, no. With everything that goes on. By district versus West Texas, the net win uh, by forfeit again, Corona fit. So two in a row. We had area versus Anson, 61 to six. We really did surprise them then. And then the region semifinals versus Panhandle uh, win 68 to nothing and really surprised everybody. And then Cisco, we beat them 33 to nothing. Floored everybody. Um, everybody expected Cisco to put it on us. State semifinals versus Crawford, 28 to 14, uh, which was a legitimate football game. We, we had a good game. And then the state championship versus Shiner, loss of 42 to 20. Uh, we can discuss that game later if you want, but 42 to 20 was a good game. We just came down to uh, one bump in the road, and it just couldn't come back together after an injury. So uh, great game. Nonetheless, we still played a great game. Now we're going to transition into our 2021 schedule preview. Cole Wyndham, do you mind doing the honors? All right. The first up on the schedule is the Toller Rattlers. We are going to be playing them at a neutral site at Jim Ned, just south of Abilene. Uh, their coach is Jeremy Mullins. They're returning 21 total players, uh, only lost two to graduation. So they're going to have a pretty experienced team coming at us, eight offensive starters and nine defensive starters. Uh, returning last year they finished five and seven and was defeated in they were area finalists so defeated in area uh players watch is the quarterback lecluse and stevens their running back and owens those are going to be the guys that are going to hurt us the most quarterback in the air only had let me see here actually he had lecluse had 17 1800 yards 23 touchdowns uh, and he was on top of everything in the offense. The running back had 462 uh, yards rushing. Uh, on defense, Stevens is their leading tacker, tackler with 106 tackles. He plays linebacker and running back. Uh, so they're going to be pretty tough, especially returning eight on offense and nine on defense. So got to look for that, especially since we did the opposite and lost. You know, we returned one and three. So, Well, I'd also like to mention that if – Toller doesn't isn't on the ground, and they stick to last year's game plan where they just threw the ball constantly. That's something to look out for because we have a very young defensive back group, so that's kind of scary week one. That's going to be great experience for the defensive back group, but if we're not quite ready for them, look out because yeah. they may try to do what we did to them last year and try to go 70 points on us. Yeah, they'll run it up really fast considering we only have three returning starters on offense, and they have nine so that's a big discrepancy. We'll watch out for that first game. 
they're expecting him to be much much better this coming yes, year. Yes, just so. just behind post at twelve. Just behind post at twelve. So, so. that'll be a good one. Uh, Next, we'll be playing the Buffaloes at home uh, instead of having to travel all the way to Forest Sand down there in the desert. Uh, <laughs> Jason Phillips is the head coach. Uh, they returned 14 players on the team. Offense is going to be seven starters. Defensive returning five starters. They finished five and five by district finalists. Uh, they were three and two in their district. Forsan is going to be one of the quickest teams in their district, so you got to we got to look out for their speed. But we're pretty speedy ourselves, so I think we'll match up decently well with them. Yeah, um, and and I think really the thing about Forsan is no matter what, they always play us tough. They have a great coaching staff over there in Forsan. They always love to play post tough. These past two seasons, we've gone to Forsan, we didn't play very well, and they play very tough. So look out for the Buffaloes to. Uh, come after the bold gold and that's going to be a very fun game to watch at jimmy redmond yes it sure will next we are going to littlefield littlefield will be the next up after forsan on september 10th that will be in littlefield coach jimmy thomas's first year there they are returning 15 they lost 18 players so uh very large team you know they're district two three they're division one three a so they're a lot bigger than we are um Tejay chambers is going to be back 5 11 160 um he's a big one to watch let's see here the quarterback spot is still in question but uh chambers is going to be taking the bulk of the carries and get you know do the bulk of the ball handling he had over a thousand yards rushing last year um garcia and lopez are key uh come compliments of the skill position so the only real question on Littlefield is their quarterback um, since they lost him to graduation last year they're only returning four on offense five on defense they finished three and seven uh, went to by district and lost that game they were two and two in district which means they probably had a forfeit somewhere because of COVID last year but after Littlefield we're running over to we have two away games in a row here headed over to abernathy battle of the lopes other antelopes the lesser lopes the northern lopes the northern lopes yankee Yankee lopes yeah uh their coach is justin wiley they are returning 16 they lost 12 seven on offense and seven on defense returning starters uh they wound up seven and four um by district finals unless we're four and one in district, so second place in district last year. Uh, I think Abernathy is going to be really good this upcoming season. Of course, Coach Wiley does a really good job over there in Abernathy. I think last year was their first season. They uh, didn't go as far in the playoffs as they would have liked, but uh, uh, look for Abernathy to do really good in that 3A classification. Uh, I think that's going to be a really good matchup, a really tough matchup, especially especially with with their quarterback, quarterback, Jess Hull. yeah, he He's is a, a dual monster. Threat. He ran and passed for over a thousand yards. Um, his main wide receiver was Houston with 590 yards receiving, five touchdowns. Second will be White with 239 yards and four touchdowns, and they are both super dangerous if you let them behind them, behind you. Uh, their defensive front is. Okay, but their main thing is they've got a defensive back that wound up with seven interceptions last year, and he was he's going to be pretty tough. But, I mean, we really don't have to worry about the DBs too much since we are on the ground constantly. 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 That's, uh, the one, that's part of that continuity that we talk about is uh, we're going to still, you know, pounding ground, ball, yeah. we're going to run it. Cloud of dust. All right, next up we are playing the Slayton Tigers at home. Uh, no Vaseline in the seats, guys. <laughs> Lawrence Johnson is their coach. Uh, they returned nine, lost 17. Five on offense are staying, four on defense. They were three and six and by district finalists, the two and three in district. Uh, Slayton's always a tough game because uh, you never know how they're gonna, if they're going to show up or not. Sometimes they show up to play, and it's usually against us. So yeah, we have to be ready for that one. Their running back, Doss, is, mm-hmm. had 300 yards last year. He was really good. Yep. Quarterback, another quarterback threat this year. Ramirez, small, quick, and can chunk Very it fast. deep. Yeah. 
and he was he had over a thousand yards passing and Doss is uh their big defensive player as well the running back uh gotta watch out for that because those guys that play both ways that are really good hurt us just like Shiner last year well think about Slayton was you know they always have some athletes problem with them last year was they had some COVID issues early on early on in the season but I think Slayton's gonna be tough you know this post Slayton rivalry it's one of those that uh you know even if someone has a down year this is game that you know if we win this game then uh you know we can be satisfied with, with this season because I mean this Obviously, it's a rivalry rivalry that goes way far way back. back. I mean, this is, you know, all for the blood and the guts. It's going to be uh, a big test right before a district play. So look for the war on 84 to have a big impact on this season. Sure will. Uh, after that, we have our bye week on October 1st. Then we head into district. Sundown being the first game, we will play there. The Roughnecks lost 12 and return 15 uh six on offense and five on defense will be staying they wound up nine and three and four and one in district right behind us uh the top tackler garcia had 115 tackles last year he'll be back so tough that tough sundown defense we get to look out for especially since we lost so many people um we're not going to be able to plow through them like we have before uh they are gonna they're gonna do they're very creative on offense too we gotta look out for that um our defense has to be ready by this point i mean the we are very inexperienced but hopefully by district we'll have five games under our belt you know we'll be ready to go we got a tough one the first game of the season second one gets tougher yeah, yeah the second first, one first is gonna be new top. deal because as many people as uh, sundown returned new deal returned more they're having 28 people on their team return. They only lost nine, uh, but uh, they are returning all but two on offense and defense. So that's nine players on each side that played last year. And they, then, of course, they're also preseason. Dave Campbell says them preseason number seven in the state. Yep. Of course, you mentioned they returned a lot of players. They're going to be the team to beat. If we want to have a, even a remote close chance of winning district, we have to beat New Deal. Yes, we and do. And if not, and then I think we would have to look at settling for that number two or number three spot in the district. Yeah, and this because the, uh, these three, we three teams play so early. I mean, district is pretty much settled very early. You know, we'll pretty much know how those games go, how the district's going to line out after two games. Well, hopefully, after those those first two games, we're not looking at trying to stay at the bottom of the pack with Florida, Hill Center, and Tohoka. I'm hoping that's not the case, but with this season, you don't know, but I'm going to try to look at it as positive as possible, and I think, you know, come uh, the third game in district, we'll be in that two to three mix. Yeah, yeah. Um, New Deal, their biggest threat was always Eaton. Their running back, he had over 1,000 yards last year, 12 touchdowns. Quarterback's really good. He had 1,400 yards passing. Uh, 18 touchdowns. Uh, Dora Henderson is 224 yards, seven touchdowns re- receiving. The thing with uh, Patterson, though, last year is we got a lot of pressure on him and put him in a bad situation. He did not know how to handle it. So as long as we can put pressure on him, we can take their air out of the game. The, after that, it's just containing Eaton in order to face down the Lions. So we'll see how disciplined our defense is by that point. After New Deal, we're going to be playing Floyd Data at home. The Whirlwinds are returning 16 and lost 11 on the team as a whole, returning five on each side of the ball. They wound up two and eight uh, by district finalists and one and four in district. Um, the Whirlwinds, we kind of ran over a bit last year. So we'll see what happens this year. They've got some good athletes. They just weren't able to put anything together, and they're returning an average number of players. So we'll see. They'll probably be, you know, a little bit tougher than I they would, were yeah, last year. Yeah, I would year. expect them to compete a little bit better just yeah. because, um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be up to play us just because they know that we're supposed to be, you know, rebuilding, and if they want to catch us, this is their year because we've whooped up on a lot of teams. So I would expect them to put forth uh, some effort this year, and hopefully, you know, I think they're going to try to – they're going to play a little harder. Mm-hmm. I think they're another team that I think had some COVID stuff yeah, they at did. some point. And so uh, 
having some continuity and assuming that stuff like that doesn't happen, I think they'll they'll be a little more competitive for sure. Another thing is they have a brand new head coach, so I know mm-hmm. they're very excited about that. Uh, Floydita did. Facilities they got great facilities. I think this could be a year where Floydita tries to make a run and tries to sneak their way up in the district. They could around. be a sleeper team. They could be one of those teams that you may have to watch out for if you're not careful. Next, after the whirlwinds, we head on over to Hell Center, who I think is the true dark horse this year because they always play us really they well. Maybe not the well. whole game, but they always have a couple of quarters where they put it on us pretty good, and it seems like they're going to take control of the game. But, yeah, their coach is Jeff Smith. They are returning 15. They lost 10, <sighs> returning six players on each side of the ball. They were 6-5, and five, um, 2 and 3 in district, and by district finalists. Uh, Contreras, their quarterback, Hunter Thompson, is really good, and he plays smart. He's not anything flashy. He just plays exceptional – Football. He's very accurate. Yes. Very smart. Yeah. Makes great decisions. Yeah. He is. He has got the composure to be a great co- yeah, quarterback great back there. Um, so we got to watch out for him. And the Hill Center, they. I'm telling you, they are the true dark dark horse this year. They could have a really good season. Um, I, th- I think they could beat Sundown this year if they they have it go well. New Deal is the only one that I think they they would have trouble against but yeah sundown is uh they always play well it's another team that plays well against us but they can definitely be beat but like you said i think if hell center really showed up uh, i wonder if that's an at home or away game from hell center this year we'll have to look and see it'll but, be yeah for oh I, i'll look it up real quick deal. yeah see what their schedule is and of course the last game of the season tohoka bulldogs will be headed here their coach is steven overstreet they Returned 15, only lost eight, but only five starters on each side of the ball will be starting again. In 2020, they went 3-7, and 0-5 oh in district. So the last place team in the district looking to turn things around. Uh, Stone will probably be playing quarterback. Um, Tohoka tends to mix things up a lot. They're another COVID-issue team last Lots year. It, yeah. So they even, had a lot more. Even after football season, yeah, they had issues. They had a lot of issues. So... We'll see if they can pull things together and put together a good season. And then after that game, we'll be headed into the playoffs. And uh, looking on Hell Center School's website, it looks like Hell Center will play Sundown for their third district game. That game's going to be in Sundown, so that's something to look out for. For Hell Center, they play New Deal very first game, and then they play Tohoka, Sundown, Post, then Floydata. That's a tough schedule right there. That is a tough schedule already. No breaks. No breaks. No breaks. I mean, it's it's. But uh, I mean, to me, my dark horse, in my opinion, is full data. You have Hill Center, but those are two teams that, you know, they're going to be looking at us to beat because we put a pretty good whooping on them last season, and they're going to want some revenge after what happened last season. For sure. I think there's a lot of teams that are. Probably chomping at the bit, thinking we're going to be really down this year. Um, and so they're going to bring their A game because um, we have. We've worked up on some people the last couple of years. And so uh, you especially look even a team like Toller going back to the very beginning. You know, we put up, what was it, 72 points or something? 72, 73. Yeah, something like that on them. And so, I mean, and they were returning like 12 kids. So, I mean, those kids remember, those coaches remember, they're going to be they're going to be showing up. So I think we've got a little bit of a target on our back. But, uh, yeah, if we show up, I think we've got a really good chance to still have a great season this year. And I think – like you said, having all that continuity is going to help too. Now let's go over the uh, roster for the Bold Gold football team. We'll start, of course, the roster that we have been provided. They're in orders of numbers. Those have a potential to change, so bear with us. Once the season actually comes, we'll actually know where everyone stands as far as numbers and positions. We could have some kids move up to JV. Likewise, we could have some kids move down from uh, JV to varsity. So, I mean, it's just one of these things that, you know, preseason we're provided with, and we'll just kind of stick with it. But uh, we'll start with uh, number one, Samuel Walls, who I believe is going to be QB2 for the Antelopes, and also he'll be playing in a defensive back position on defense. Uh, he's listed at 5'6 and 145 pounds, and he is a junior. And he's going to be the person who will be, like I said, he's going to be a QB2. And, uh, you know, if if it's one of those things where our QB1 gets hurt, he's going to be ready to step in that role. Uh, number two, Kendrick Curtis, uh, wide receiver and defensive back, uh, listed at six foot, 
165 pounds, and he'll be a senior this year. He's one of the, he's one of 15 seniors on this roster. And then number three, E.J. Jefferson, brother of Ashton Jefferson, who we know had a great had a great career with the Bold Gold. E.J. is listed at running back and defensive back, uh, 5'8", 155 pounds, and of course he is a junior. And then one of the star players of this team, number four, Isaiah Crawford, uh, not only will be stepping into a running back position, but of course he'll be in linebacker. He's going to play outside linebacker this year like he did last year, and I imagine he's going to be a monster this season, of course, the Baylor commit. And, uh, you know, we saw in that scrimmage against Stanford, he was already running people over left and right. I mean, he looks like he's ready to go, and he's already in football form. He, uh, yeah, he looked great in the scrimmage the other day. He is, we'll get to this later, but he is the Dave Campbell's preseason defensive MVP for this district. So um, he looks the part. Like I said, he was running people over, and uh, he had 107 tackles last year. So I pick him, expect him to pick right up where he uh, left off last year. And then uh, after Crawford is number 10, Jamarian Reed. He's going to be one of our backup running backs, but he has the potential to do really well. You know, we're switching out people at the running back position. I think he's got the potential to learn, and this is going to be a, learn a good learning experience for him. I expect him to also play a big role next season as we see uh, the running back position change throughout the years. Uh, he's listed, and he's also a one of the inside linebackers. He's listed at 5'8", 165 pounds, and of course he's a sophomore, so he'll have two more years with the bold gold. And then QB1 is number 11, Will Fairbanks. And like we said, he's going to be at QB1. Uh, he's also listed at defensive back, but I can imagine we may not risk putting him at defensive back just because we we don't want to risk him getting hurt. But uh, right now in that scrimmage against Stanford, he did really well. You know, he's made a lot of progress so far. I think he's going to be one of the kids who's going to step up and lead this uh, program. And he's listed at 6'1", 175, 175 pounds. And, of course, he is a sophomore. He was part of the team last year. Of course, he moved in from Lubbock Cooper in the middle of the season. So eligibility rules ruled him out during the playoffs he was able to compete for the junior varsity team so he's had some experience with the bold gold and i and i think he'll he'll really step up this season and be one of our leaders and speaking of leaders next is uh who kurt cowdry dubs charlie hustle uh number 12 stephen huff who will be in that running back rotation and uh be playing outside linebacker uh, 5'11", 160 pounds. He's another one of our seniors on this team. And he's he's small, but I believe he's going to have another season where he's going to be knocking some people around. He's going to be a great presence on defense. Yeah, Steven um, should return and should do really, really well. He is one of the players to watch. I imagine, um, you know, post always have running back. We always kind of have a one you know, guy who's kind of the guy, but we also have a lot of the guys who come in and fill in. Um, he's going to get a chance to get a lot of carries still this year, uh, and I expect him to be productive carries like they were last year. So, And then uh, number 13, Zaven Gill, another senior, listed at tight end and linebacker, 5'11 and 165 pounds. Then after that is number 14, Deshaun Arandondo, uh, listed at wide receiver and defensive back. 5'11 and 165 pounds, and he's another senior on this team. And whenever we give you all these weights and heights, they're just kind of guesstimates. That's what the coaches give us. So these, this probably isn't exactly all their heights and their weights, but it's uh, pretty close. So you're going to hear a lot of weights and heights that are kind of the same. And then uh, number 16, Tristan Gomez, who I believe we're going to see him a lot at the wide receiver position. He's gotten so much better on uh, playing for the JV team. Uh, he's also listed at defensive back, uh, six foot, 155 pounds. He's another senior on this bold gold team. Uh, number 22, Jacob McClelland, another wide receiver who we'll see step up from the junior varsity team who will probably lead our wide receiver uh, unit. He is listed at 5'6". There's six. no way he's 5'6". He's got to be taller than that. I think, yeah, he's probably uh, just – yeah, he's probably taller than that. 
listed at 135 pounds. I think he may weigh more than that. That's how much I weigh. I weigh around that 135. Like that's the way to do it, though. You love <laughs> well, the I thought about that. You know, team and uh, yeah, these are the ones that coaches put out. So when you actually sign up on the field, like, oh wow, these guys are way bigger. Oh than yeah, they had yeah. Yeah, like six two. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Dick was bigger than that <laughs> in baseball season last uh, last spring. Yeah, so. probably. Uh, he's listed. Oh yeah, and he's also a uh, junior. Then after him, another wide receiver that will be coming up from the junior varsity team, uh, number 28, Neftali Valdez, listed at wide receiver and defensive back, 5'8", 140 pounds, and, of course, he's another senior. And then our other star player that's got a lot of preseason attention, uh, number 33, Zach Courtney, the Colorado commit, listed at tight end in uh, his uh, defensive line, 6'6". Oh, that doesn't even sound right, I think. He may be a little taller than 6'6", six, six. Uh, 245, another senior that's going to lead the group. And just like Isaiah Crawford, I imagine he's not only going to run over some people, but I believe he's going to be a powerful force on the line, both on the offensive side of things and the defensive side of things. We're going to expect a really big season, which is going to help out a lot for this bold gold football team. And then after Zach Courtney is number 34, Steve Gonzalez, listed at fullback and inside linebacker. He moved up from uh, JV last year, and I believe he's going to do a really good job of that inside linebacker position. Coach Riker and his uh, inside linebacker unit, I think they're going to be really strong this year. Uh, and, and from what I've seen, Steve has done a really good job progressing since the start of two-a-days. Listed at 5'10", 180 pounds, and he is a junior. And then another one of our seniors who wears the uh, Leighton Vander Esch collar, uh, number 50, Sean Looney. And right now he's listed at offensive line just because our roster doesn't – we don't have a lot of depth in our roster, especially when it comes down to our offensive and defensive line. Uh, he may We may see him at a – offensive lineman position just because several different spots several different spots he's going to have we're going to have to have him be extremely flexible i think uh these past couple weeks he's been playing guard because uh one of our uh, linemen aiden Rodella, suffered a injury and he's going to be out for the season so sean you know he's going to step up and you know he's not that big but he is tough as nails he's you know kind of got shades of uh Stephen Huff, they're both just really tough individuals. And, you know, they'll do whatever the coaches tell them to do. Well, and Sean, Sean was one of those guys who was itching to get on the field last year. And just with the depth we had, didn't didn't quite get to get on as much, I think, as he would have liked. And so I'm sure he's uh, eating it up. He's uh, he's going to get to play as much as he wants to this year uh, on both sides of the ball. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see him out there a lot. Yeah, and he's listed at 5'9", 175 pounds. Of course, he's a senior. Then uh, number 51, Zach Sawyer. Another one of our senior linemen, offensive line and defensive line, listed at 5'9 and 185 pounds. Then, of course, after him is Aiden Rodella, who we talked about, had an unfortunate injury during two days. I believe he's going to be out for the season, which really blows because he was going to be one of our biggest kids on the line, and he was really looking forward to stepping up and leading on the line because uh, this offseason, he's been really working at it, showing up to workouts and all that stuff. And it's just one of those freak things that it's unfortunate, but, you know. Yeah, what, you said it was a non-contact It injury. was a non-contact injury, and it's yeah. one of those. Uh, those are usually the worst. Though It's the worst, and it, it really blows for this uh, line, this offensive lineman unit, unit. So we'll see if we'll have the likes of Sean Looney to help fill that gap that we kind of predestined in the offseason to kind of fill in. Uh, number 56, Noah Escobedo, offensive line and defensive line. Noah's one of the teams that, or one of the guys that, uh, he was moved up during non-district from JV to varsity just so he could go ahead and start getting that experience on varsity and start learning from that group that we had last year. I think he's another one of those kids on the line that's going to step up big time and he's going to be ready to, uh, lead the line. And I think, uh, He's going to do a really good job, especially with being getting to be a part of that varsity. He didn't get a lot of reps. Like you said, some of those kids who were on varsity last season weren't quite able to get a whole lot of reps just because of how 
our roster looked yeah, we and how so much deep. depth we had. We were deep with our depth. But uh, expect Noah Escobedo to make his presence felt on the line. Uh, number 58, Brody Malinowski, offensive line and defensive line. And oh, Escobedo is also a senior, so he is another one of our 15 seniors. And then uh, number 58, senior Brody Malinowski. Um, he's, I think him and Sebastian Chapa have been uh, back and forth with center. That's one of the positions that uh, head coach Michael Pittman has been trying to figure out. That's one of our – that's obviously a key uh, position right there on your line, and it's one of those things that it's going to come down to, you know, that first game figuring it out uh, who's going to get the start at center. You know, and they're both trying to learn as fast as they can. They're trying to find the right fits, and uh, I think once – we come to that week one, we should see a uh, definite start at center. And then, of course, like I mentioned after Brody, uh, number 60, Sebastian Chapa, the, uh, he is a junior, and he was getting some snaps at center along with Brody. And then number 64, Jose Garcia, offensive line and defensive line. He's another senior on this team. He uh, moved up from the junior varsity last season, I think, uh, he's going to play a big role on this offensive line. And then uh, number 72, Landon Hare, uh, offensive line and defensive line. He's going to be one of those cats that uh, fills in. He may be our biggest guy. He he may be one of our biggest guys, and he's working hard. I've been talking to some of the guys on the line, and they said Landon has been working really hard, you know, because he's one of those guys that are kind of on the fence of, do we start him or do, is he going to be used, utilized as a backup? But he's working really hard, so that's good to see from him. Uh, number 73, Landon Peavy, uh, Coach Peavy's son. He's on the Coach's offensive son. line. Yeah, Coach's son. That's always a big deal. There's kind of a, a lot of pressure right there. I think I should kind of know how that feels. Yeah. But uh, Peavy's on the offensive line and defensive line. And kind of like Landon Hare, he's kind of one of those guys that, you know, he's going to be ready to go if he needs to fill in a spot on the line. Yeah, and well. I saw him at the uh, also the field house the other day dropping off when we uh, cooked food for the administrators and stuff. And I was talking to Landon just a little bit, and they were coming in from practice, and he was excited. He was uh, he's been one of the ones who's been on JV, and he was then he'd go help film. Uh, so we shared a press box a lot, and he said, "I'm not in the press box anymore." And you can tell he was pretty pumped about that. So he's getting excited to get down there and get some reps, and uh, he'll be excited to get to go uh, play on Friday nights this time. And then finally on the roster is number 88, Jonathan Rodriguez, listed at tight end and linebacker, six foot, 165 pounds, and he's, of course, a senior this year. And then uh, head coach and athletic director is Michael Pittman. He is, ooh, excuse me, he is assisted by uh, Bo Riker. I know that guy. I'm. I used to live with him. Uh, <laughs> well, for another week. Yeah. Uh, Mike Scott, William Peavy, Billy Garza. Coach Garza is back on the coaching staff after a brief hiatus from his coaching career. We're glad to have him back. Uh, Michael Clarkson, the offensive coordinator who uh, helps uh, signal in the plays. Uh, Jeremy Matus, Michael Maldonado, and Clint Corbin. Great thing about this year is you know we have continuity with our coaching staff. The only change we've had is an addition, which is Coach Garza. So that's really good to see because continuity is one of those things that kind of fluctuates as seasons go on. But for the most part, we have the same uh, coaching staff this year. Then, of course, the athletic trainers, Mindy Wyatt, and she's got her work cut out for her this year. She is working really hard getting these boys ready and tending to their injuries. And I think this roster, you know, there's not a whole lot of depth but it's going to be one of those seasons where we may see a lot of players step up in roles that we've never seen them step up in before, but they're going to accept that role and they're going to work really hard in order to have some sort of continuity from these previous seasons because obviously goal is to win. And I think, you know, these guys know it, you know, they're, it's, it's, it's a new era and they know that it's going to be different, but at the same time, the goal is just take it week by week and just win and try to find as much success as we can as possible and however that success may present itself. Now let's talk about where the media pundits have us and the rest of 2A Division One. Uh, Bart, what do you have for, for us from Dave Campbell's Texas football? 
Uh, a couple of things real quick. Just a, a few teams of note in the top 25. Um, they started doing the top 25 a couple years ago, what their predictions are. Um, we've got Refurio at number one. Or excuse me, Dan Campbell's has Refurio at number one. Shiner at number two. We played both those teams last year. Um, New Deal comes in at number seven. Holly, a team we played a couple years in the playoffs, they come in at number nine. Um, Post is coming in at number 12. So still a pretty good, um, just outside the top 10 is what Dave Campbell's is thinking for Post this year. Um, number 16, Toller, we've mentioned them earlier today, who will open up against. They are at once again at 16. Um, and then Sundown, they have Sundown and number top uh, top 25. And so um, our district is predicted to have uh, three teams in the top 25 going into uh, this season. Uh, once again, I'll read a little bit from Dave Campbell's um, players to watch, according to Dave Campbell's. Uh, we've got tight end Zach Courtney, linebacker Isaiah Crawford, linebacker Stephen Huff, linebacker Sean Looney, QB Sammy Walls, QB Will Fairbanks, and um, offensive lineman Sebastian Chapa, and running back Samarian Reed. Uh, I think probably the reason they have two QBs in there is they're kind of predicting that we'll maybe do what we did a couple years ago and run the two quarterbacks um, because, you know, we had Pittman and Thetford a couple years ago. Um, not out of the question. Um, Dave Campbell's notes, he says, um, who are the new faces will fill those slots left by the 18 seniors. Um, and they say a lot of the same safe that we already said. So it says, look for uh, tight end Courtney, who's getting Division One looks. Uh, the Antelopes also return linebacker Crawford, 107 tackles, to take over the leadership role in the defense. Um, linebackers Huff and Looney are going to be on as well. Fairbanks should be the new signal caller. And Reed could be a young, bright spot in the backfield. And according to Dave Campbell's, they're saying the preseason offensive MVP for District uh, 2A Division One. Uh, would be uh, Larrick Eaton, of course, from New Deal. We talked about him a little bit earlier. But the preseason defensive MVP is linebacker Isaiah Crawford of Post. And Dave Campbell's is saying uh, they're having New Deal, number one, Post, number two, number three, Sundown, number four, Hale Center, number five, Floydata, and number six, Tahoka. Um, and they don't give – and once again, they don't have any pr playoff predictions as far as, like, how many rounds that each team will go. Um, they did have us at number 12. I'm going to go ahead and predict that we're going to get um, – I'm going to say we've got a shot to get to the third round. Um, I'm saying that's that's optimistic, but I think we can win those first two games. Regionals? If we uh, – Semis. If we get um, – we're, we're going to have to win out district, right? We would have to win out district. So uh, I'm going to say we're going to be able to pull it out. I'm going to say we're going to upset some teams who are supposed to think they're going to beat us this year. Um, I, I think we're going to – I think by the time we get – we talked about this a lot earlier. We're going to have, what is it, six games before – Five. Five, five games, games before district. I think we're going to start off a little rough, and I think by the end of that five games we're going to be a much better team. Assuming we're healthy, we're going to be a much better team by the time we start district play. You do so. have to remember we were beating people so badly in the playoffs. Our JV got a lot of time on the field last year. And then you also have to games. consider the fact that a lot of these JV kids had to line up against this varsity during practices last season. All right, so who's next? Uh, Kurt, why don't you go ahead and give your predictions for the district and the season? <clears throat> okay, so if you guys can hear me, here's what I'm looking at. I've seen, I'm hearing what Bart's giving me. we got five games in front of us before we get to sundown. So we got sundown and New Deal first up. We got the back end of the season's a floater season. Um, they've got New Deal winning our district. Um, my prediction on this is we beat New Deal, we win the district. Now there's a big yes. So I'm putting us at number two in the district because I think playing against New Deal, they've got a really, really core group of juniors and seniors that know what losing to us has felt like for two years, and they're tired of being embarrassed. And I think that's going to be a big play for us. Um, is that if we can beat New Deal, we got to beat New Deal. Thing is, we got to beat Sundown too, and Sundown's got a good group coming back as well. They're tired of getting their butts beat, and they want to, you know, they want a piece pretty quick. So as far as district goes, I'm going to put us number two. That's my prediction. Everybody else in post can argue with me. Um, if we're going to have this do a podcast and we're going to talk about for real, let's let's get rid of the sugarcoat and let's talk about for real. We lost some key players last from last year. We lost McDaniel, we lost Clarkson, and we lost Pittman, who were three good, serious, know-the-ball-game kind of players. Um, when we talk about losing McDaniel, we lost a kid who had a very serious sense of the game, and I think he knew the game forwards and backwards um, as much as, or, or maybe, and anybody can argue with me, more than even Pittman. 
just because he had a different outlook on, on both sides of the ball. Um, bringing in Isaiah and bringing in Fairbanks, who was a transfer in from us, uh, for us, and then looking at who we have as far as backups. We're real short on depth this year. Uh, I know what Dave Campbell says about us being number 12, but if you guys, if anybody looks, and I've already looked because I had somebody pop in, I was not Adams, ask about, say, hey, why is post number two, post is number two, post is number two. Max Preps has us number two behind Shiner in this state. Hmm. And I disagree with that. Now, I'm going to let yeah. you, re- let me read this real quick, and y'all can argue with me. Uh, Shiner has a 40.4 rating right now, post a 28.1, Timpson a 18.7, and a Refurio 18.6. What bathroom were they smoking in? I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I think the, the thing is with the max. Like so, ten people on each side. I think the thing max with the max reps is it's all stats based, so they don't have any context like Dave Campbell's would. And yeah. that's the point I was making to Nod yesterday was, hey, max preps goes off data, AP sports writers polls, and the Texas high school coaching polls that Dave Campbell's uses mostly, which I believe is still correct. They use games winning structure, et cetera, et cetera. They returning starters. Returning well, starters. They look at the tangibles. Yeah. Kurt, remember, well, remember Refugio doesn't report anything, so they have well, a very low rating because of that. And neither does Shiner. Well, Shiner does to a point, but, but Refugio, they hide everything. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about what we're looking at for our common ground here. Well, and Campbell's uses new, the things that they can't hide, like who graduated – New right, coaches, right. you know, things you like that. You can't hide that. Yeah. Well, when you look at New Deal, New Deal's got some serious ballers coming back. They've got a couple of D1 prospects. Sundown has a couple of D1 prospects, and so nobody's committed yet that I know of. Um, but we are touting just two guys, and I'm a little worried about that. And I, you guys have heard me talk about the booby miles effect. And if anybody ever watched Friday Night Lights, y'all know what I'm talking about. I got God-given talent, and I don't need to work out. I don't. I hope that none of our kids have developed a booby miles. I don't think so. Attitude in that <laughs> I got God-given talent, and I don't need to do anything extra. And I hope that by the time scrimmages don't show us anything, right? No, no. So we we're going to see a lightweight load for scrimmages, but when Toller shows up, Toller's going to show up. Oh heck yeah! They were. They they were a pretty solid ball team last year. Um, they they had what what we thought was a pretty good group of kids, even though we spanked the poop out of them. I mean, hey, we no. were looking at seventy to fourteen win. We don't cuss. But, it's a family show. <laughs> I said poop. Okay. So we knocked. That's the some poop of the nicer choice words from Kurt Cowdery. <laughs> so that, we knocked the poop out of them. So, but they showed up the first quarter and they really did were playing with us. So, right. as far as state ranking goes, um, number two ranking is Poot. So, I'm going to put us, Shiner, Refurio, Timpson. That's who I'm going to go with for the top three. Uh, Crawford may be able to crawl their way back into the top five. Cisco, maybe. Lindsey, maybe. I think Timpson is your sleeper team this year. I think we're going to make it to possibly regionals, area, maybe quarterfinals oh yeah i'm sorry i'm old school was it regional semifinals or whatever it's quarterfinals quarter no, it's we semis. might make the quarters the fourth round would be the uh state quarterfinals quarterfinals so fifth round semis so i think we might make quarters but we've got to do a couple of things before that ones we got to beat new deal even if we lose to sundown we've got to beat new deal yeah, and if we do but, that, I mean, if we get second, I think I'm along can, with but, you. We're going to be playing New Deal for the regionals. We'll be playing if we them get again. beat by if we get beat by Sundown, if we get beat by Sundown, and New Deal gets by, beat by Sundown, and we beat New Deal, yeah, we're going to be number two. Yeah. So I think that's a solid estimate right now, unless we find out somebody got hurt. We already have one kid who's out for the season, um, and so that really hurts our depth on the line. And so we, we've lost some weight on our line. We lost some speed on our line. We gained some speed with our linebacker core, with our defensive core, a defensive end core, and with our, our, uh, our quarterbacks. 
Sam Walls may not be the tallest kid on the planet, but he's quick. Fairbanks has height. He has vision. He has a great arm. So I think we might have a good combo here with our quarterback crew. If we can get a front line, they can handle things. So I, I think I'm going to stick with number two in the district, third round or quarterfinals. And I think our 12th ranking is probably earned, um, given that we lost a lot this year. Anybody else in post want to argue with me? You know where you can find me. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kurt. Right, thanks, Kurt. All right. Uh, now I think I'm going to go. I'll go next with my predictions. Uh, kind of like Kurt Cadre, I don't really want to sugarcoat it. I mean, and I think everyone in town knows it's going to be a rough season, but I mean, it's all for a lot of it's it's all about perspective. In my mind, you know, I think those first five weeks are going to be a challenge, and then the way we have districts set up, it's just you know, it's it's unfortunate because we play the top two teams in the arguably the top two teams in the district for those first two district games. As far as district goes, I think we'll finish third behind New Deal and Sundown. I think this is the year Sundown gets us, and then. Uh, Needle gets us as much as I hate to say it. I think they're actually going to get us this season, and then I think after that we can, you know, uh, you know, recover and take care of those other bottom dweller teams. So I think we'll finish third in district. I think we may have the potential to uh, go to area, which I mean, if we get that third slot and you know by district, that's probably going to be against the number two team in division in district one which that's either going to be west texas or panhandle or it's it's going to be one of those uh, you know all offense no defense teams so i think the antelopes have a potential to get an area now i don't think that's a bad thing for all the talk about how this is going to be a down year and how we're going to have to rebuild i think if you know you finish in the top three of your district and you at least make it two rounds i'd consider that success because yeah, that's a good year it's the, just your Expectations have been higher since you made it to state two years ago. And then that's the thing is everyone's saying, you know, what are you going to be remembered for? This is going to be a unique season, and we've never had to rebuild after our best stretch of football going 30-2 and the past two seasons. We've never seen this before in the history of post-football. So it's going to be one of those, what do you want to be remembered for? And I think uh, if you finish top three in that district and go at least two rounds in the playoffs – uh, that's going to help bring some continuity with the football program. Definitely. And now I'm going to think. I think I'll hand this off to Call Wyndham. Uh, Call. What are your predictions for the I season? I think we're going to go seven and three overall. I think that we got a tough preseason. We're going to lose at least two of those games just because we don't have the experience. It's going to take us a couple of games to get our feet under us, especially when we hit that Abernathy and uh, Littlefield. Those two, one of those two teams is going to be pretty tough. And I think one of them is going to give us a loss. And then Toller is such a sneaky team that, you know, we'll probably lose two of those. Like a out snake. Of those three sneaky games. like a snake. Yeah. I like those snakes down there. They'll, uh, but we'll, we'll take two losses in the <clears> preseason, <throat> hopefully, going that bye week, get our heads on us, um, sneak out a win against Sundown. Uh, New Deal game is probably going to be a toss up. Um, unfortunately, we're playing it in New Deal, so I give the edge to them. Uh, so that'll, you know, we'll, we'll wind up being second. I agree with everybody else. If, uh, you know, if this preseason doesn't get into our head too much, losing a couple of games in the preseason, if we let the couple of losses in the preseason get in our head, then we're coming out third or fourth. And that's we won't we won't make it but one or two rounds if we come out in the third or fourth slot. But if we come out in the first slot, if we get our head stuff together, beat New Deal, go undefeated, and come out in the first slot, I think that we will play New Deal again to go to regionals. If we come out in the second slot, then if we get past the second game, hopefully it will be the same thing. We'll make it to the regional game, um, and then Crawford or somebody from that lower district is going to be pretty tough, or that lower region is going to be real tough. So – but, I mean, we could go the whole way again. It's football, man. You never know. You never know that we could have a Cinderella season. We, if we, you would have told me that the Buccaneers were going to win the Super Bowl last year, I would have said yeah. you're crazy. I second that. Yeah. I second that. <laughs> All right, well. I think we're going to well, hand this off to – or go ahead, call or Kurt. Let me throw this in here real quick. I mean, if you're talking about a Cinderella with some of the kids we got, you got two things. There's a lot of – 
there's been two there's been a lot of hype around Zach and Isaiah. And if you're gonna need get two two team leaders to step up, you need them to step up now, kick Cinderella out the car and let's go play ball. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you we those two guys, they're they, the spotlight's on them. And the, you either crack or you or you or you uh Meet the step up and do your job. You got the expectations are real hard and heavy on those two kids right now. I hope they can handle that because Isaiah's here for another year. It's not he's not done. Yep. Yeah. So and we need to you we need Huff and Looney to get things up too. And especially Will Fairbanks. If I think those do, guys will have to step up. If the two main guys that everybody's putting the spotlight on lose their heads, then it's up to Huff and Looney who are It's up to Huff and Looney yeah. and Fairbanks. Now Fairbanks yeah. has got a different different chore. He's got the new guy yeah. complex to overcome coming in here and making sure that he can take control of the, the team. But we also need a backup quarterback that can step up and, you know, fill his boots and take care of the job. Man, so the, that's my thing. And and I'm not – I don't disagree with you, Brandon. I think you're right. Maybe third is, is legit. But I also think being a Cinderella group this year, I don't, I'm not so sure we're Cinderella. Well, I, think, I mean, and that's the I, thing I is we could have a that. Cinderella season. I mean – I'm not we saying could. that's out of the picture. You never know because it is football. But realistically speaking, I think uh, third and district in two rounds in playoffs is going to be pretty ideal well, and, for us. We're, we're not trying, think, to, be, we're not trying another, to be realistic. We're trying to be hopeful. Well, that's fine. That's fine. I'm like, but like I said, me and Brent, we got to look at the realities of it and see what it's got. But here's one thing: I think we do have a bonus for us. We do have some coaches who are uh-huh. very high on their athletes. Yes. They, they're, they're very good about congratulating. They're congratulatory. They're peppers. They, they, they boost their kids up. Riker, you know, all respect to him. He is a, he's a coach that he goes out there and he boots his kids to the top of the pile as much as he can. He, uh, he is one of those that in, he has an incredible ability to build uh, team respect, I think. Among yep. that defense, and I think that's a thing we need to factor in here as well. That's Who can bring that team to life if they get down? You know, so I'm going to put it on the shoulders of those two kids that's got all the vision right now. Well, and talking and about part of it's on Riker, young team losing a bunch of starters. He took them a team just like that to state two years ago. The first exactly. time he we went yeah, to state, it right. was the same thing. Well, we, we you know the last year's team they were all starters for three seasons. And after the first season as sophomores, they were already seniors in their ability and, and experience. So yeah. if, if this year's crew, you know, the JV district champs last year, they're moving in now. If these guys well, get through the pre-district season and play well, they're now a little bit more seasoned and experienced, and they can get into that district and really compete. Well, I was looking to see if I could find Littlefield, anything on them from the 3A Division two. New coach. And uh, new coach. We we did beat them last year. I mean that's that's a fact. We did beat them last year, and that happens. But Abernathy has got a year where they're they're kind of where they were a couple of years ago when we beat them thirteen fourteen. Mm-hmm. They got a solid team, super solid. And team. I can't find I can't find any rankings on Littlefield right now. So they're if not. y'all happen to, I don't think uh, that they're it, preseason rank. At least as it goes district. for Dave Campbell's, they're not. Their district rankings. I think they're number three, aren't they? District. Hold on. So just if we're gonna, if we need somebody to give us a serious game, we need Littlefield to give us a serious game, and we need because we know Abernathy's going to. We Abernathy's know Abernathy's going to show up. One. Littlefield. They're Littlefield's gonna, projected three. They're going to show up. Three. Yeah, and Littlefield's three, so Bush we need Abernathy to show up. Well, I, uh, or, all in all, our, our, our pre-district games are going to get us battle ready for uh, the district season. we got some tough teams to get by. Just playing and, well and executing, even yeah, if you lose yeah. by a point, it doesn't matter as long as you play well and get ready for district. Exactly. That psychology of a loss, getting over it, that's the big Yes. Yeah. All right, so Barstow's, yeah, we got to lose the games early and get – beat and learn from it and learn how to win after yeah i think now here's the thing is you know early season if we run into some losses say toller force and they get the best of us you have two options it's either okay we felt it you know we've been punching the mouth it's time to come back and get after it or we can curl up in the fetal position 
and just roll over and pee on ourselves. And we won't. And I'm hoping <laughs> we won't. That's the optimistic outlook. And I and I well, don't think that's in, going to be allowed. Keep in mind, if we're going to get beat by a weak team, either like Toler or Forsan, who was Forsan, might have a good team this year. They showed signs of greatness last year. Yeah. Um, you know, Major Stockton was their quarterback, and he's a senior this year. Is Am I correct? Uh, I'd have to I double check on is. that, but yeah. I'm going to take I your word for is. it. They gave us some fits for a couple of couple of quarters last year, and so keep that in mind. But if we get by, beat by two a weaker team – the mental mindset of yeah. that going into Littlefield or Abernathy is going to play big in that if we don't see it for what it is, right. learn from it, and then grow from it, then we got a little bit of a problem going into that bye, that bye week. And we already we talked about Slate the other night being short kids this year on varsity. I'd like to confirm that, but they're going to have – they may not be – the best team to close with the pre-district. Sure. I right. wish we were playing Abernathy before pre-district or yes. at the end of the district, just to have a hard game yeah. before we take a break. Sure. Well, we remember our coaching staff being experienced as they are. They're not going to let our kids lay down and die. Uh, what's no. Pittman eighth season? This is going to be, he took over. I won't, well, it's at least seventh. It, yeah. So I think I think he, seventh well, is right. You have a program he for seven years. Took over in fifteen. Yeah. So he took over in spring of fourteen or fifteen. So we're 14. we're okay on the coaching side. Just they'll, they'll coach yeah. up those kids, and those kids want to play. They're going to learn how to win. Correct. All right. Twenty seventh. It will be the post antelopes and the Toller Rattlers in the season opener live from Tuscola, Texas, Jim Ned High School. Uh, pre-game at 7 p.m. kickoff at 7:30. This has been the Post Sports Radio podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back August 29th on Anchor with a regularly scheduled podcast for Jim Plummer, Bart Staten, Call Windham, and Kurt Cowdery. I'm Brendan Riker saying so long. We'll see you next week for everything bold gold. Listen to the next Post Sports Radio podcast. podcast.